Welcome. You're listening to the Consensus State Change Podcast, an interview series inspired by the emerging decentralization phenomenon. They say he's secretly solved P versus NP and sleeps in the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid of Giza. All we know is he's Palais Brandgard. How's that? Is that was it? Was that right? That was you asked for. That's what you asked for, right? Yeah, that, that, that was good. That was great. Uh, I'll, I'll have a uh, transaction off to you shortly. <laughs> Thanks, man. So, Pele, how's uh, how's things going in uh, in Nicaragua? Things are going uh, quite well. We've just finished uh, Christmas, New Year season here. Uh, I was at work most of that, though, but otherwise it's quite good. It's chilly here with like 22 degrees, more or less, where I am, so uh, freezing. Tough. Man, that's tough. Uh, so did you ever fish your car out of the jungle? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> it's, I need to take, it needs to be repaired, but yes, it was in the jungle, and... Uh, and it's uh, safe it's, right now. <laughs> All right, I won't. Uh, I, I, we, I don't think we need to elaborate on that story. Probably considering this is a uh, this is a showcase of the professionalism of the team at Consensus. But um, let's uh, let exactly. <laughs> so tell us a bit about uh, about Uport. How far along is it in its uh, development? And uh, and where will we see? And wh- when can we expect to see some uh, some action on that front? Right. Well, uh, Arthur, I'm very, I'm very glad you asked me that. Um, we, uh, after Shanghai, where we, we won the, um, I forget what the name of the conference is, what the uh, Shanghai Blockchain Conference best, best product or something or other. Uh, we got a lot of feedback from people. We talked with a lot of developers and we did a lot of thinking. So in October, we went through and, um, updated our plans or the, the design for the app and actually did a lot of major changes for the um, to the architecture as well um, so that's basically what we've been busy working on since then and um, this week or next week we will be launching a new developer alpha where developers will be able to get access to it um, and start working with it Fantastic. That's uh, that's. Um, I mean, we've been waiting for Uport for so long, and uh, and it's such a fundamental part of just blockchain infrastructure as some way to represent a human in that uh, in that world. So what's uh, so what is it about Uport that's made it such a challenging project? Um, I mean, that what we're trying to do um, first of all, like for for the for. The, the, the very first thing that we're working on is that we are uh, coming up with a way that uh, everyday users can can uh, use their mobile phone to interact with Ethereum dApps. Uh, so we have an identity part of it uh, where you can log into a dApp and, and tell them who they are, who you are. But then you can also use it to sign transactions. Um, so in some respects, uh, if if users are familiar with Facebook Connect, you know when you when you go in, you have a 
app uh, and you log into to it using Facebook and it gives you certain um, ways of interacting with the Facebook platform besides just telling the application who you are. Uh, you can look at Uport at, like uh, it's a bit like that just for for Ethereum apps and for financial apps. The big difference though is that with Uport everything's controlled by you. It's controlled by your app. So there's no central server, there's no uh you know, there's no bunch of people in hoodies sitting in Palo Alto controlling your data or any any of those kinds of things. You control the data on your phone. Uh so that's the primary uh the primary way that you interact uh, with these with, with these dApps, and not just dApps, I have to say. I mean, you could use this to interact with any kind of financial or even non-financial uh, application. Uh, there are people coming to us wanting to integrate it with games, um, and we've heard people talk about wanting to use it for dating apps. All, all kinds of different kinds of aspects, just like you can use Facebook Connect for many different things because you wouldn't use Facebook for logging into your bank. But with Uport, you could because Uport is a much more secure platform. And it's specifically designed for financial apps. So uh, because of that, there, there are a lot of, you know, it's, it's, not, um, it's not that easy to develop something like this for decentralized world where there are no central servers so so that's really we, we've had to go in and re-architecture a lot of different things because we think developers should have access to the kind of tools that they're used to um and um yeah that's 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 basically what, what we're trying to do there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of new features in the new app um and uh, if anyone saw it uh, after Shanghai or during Shanghai, it looks completely different right now. We've really done a massive UX overhaul and a complete change of how the app works, uh, both from the outside and from the inside. Well, that's going to be something awesome to look out for. I uh, I wonder you've been in uh, you've been following crypto for geez, just about twenty years, right? Uh, yes, uh, just about twenty years. Yeah, I think, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, about 20 years so, or so, yeah. So that's a hell of a lot longer than most of the people in this space who might have been watching it for, you know, well, less than five for the vast majority and uh, and certainly few before, uh, before Bitcoin came on the scene. So when you look at the way things are, when you look at... Uh, the stage at the year that's just been 2016. Uh, when you look at Uport, which is itself a tremendous advancement, and uh, I mean it's a massive milestone. It's as significant as Bitcoin in a lot of ways, uh, in that you can represent a person in a blockchain context. Where are we now? And, and and can you describe what 2016 meant for uh, for cryptography in its uh, in in these new applications? But 2016, there were a lot of, there's a lot of experimentation and a lot of people starting to kind of like learn the tools. Um, like the Ethereum uh, blockchain in particular, which, which is the, the, the main one that I'm particularly interested in, um, has spent a lot of time learning things. <laughs> is, and, and, that's, and that's fine. That's what you're supposed to do like within the first couple of years of launching a large platform. And, and we've had a lot of learning experiences in the Ethereum world. And these have been 
good. These kind of experiences have that uh, I talked, for example, about the the DAO hack and those kinds of things. There are a lot of people who have learned from those kinds of things, and I think while it hasn't all been been roses the last year, um, I think we've really come out of it as a more mature. Um, community uh, in the Ethereum space as a whole. Uh, there, there have obviously been lots of different uh, initiatives. Uh, I think I personally think that Bitcoin will continue to to grow. They have their own governance issues that they have to figure out. And uh, but Bitcoin has a, has actual real applications, which is the sending of money, besides just holding onto currency. And I think. With Ethereum, there's been a lot of people working on interesting applications, and I think, um, to be honest, I don't, I don't want to like, you know, sound like, make it sound like Uport will solve everything. But one of the biggest issues that we've had in the Ethereum world is that there's been no good way for end users to interact with it. That took a while in the Bitcoin world as well, uh, but the Bitcoin world has kind of, kind of solved that more or less now for their particular applications. Ethereum is a lot more complicated, but um, so I think Uport will really start getting people away from from just uh, developer only apps or proof of concepts into into real apps that real users can use. Outside the Bitcoin and Ethereum space, um, I haven't really followed too much. There's a lot of people talking and doing all kinds of other experimentation, but really. Nothing seems as mature uh, in the, let's call it blockchain 2.0 space, in the non-payment uh, blockchain space as Ethereum. Um, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's a great uh, that's a great intro. So over the so what do you what do you expect to see for 2017? That being the case, so we we now have or with uh, with Uport, which you say is going into a. Uh, so with Uport going into a developer's alpha in the next couple of weeks, presumably we're going to have a beta, and I don't want to put you on the spot and 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 make you give us a uh, give us a date. Uh, but that presumably we'll be seeing that in a couple of months, and then we'll be looking at an actual an actual consumer release. What will that mean for 2017 in uh, in blockchain? But what I what I think it means is that there will be um, a um, yeah I mean we we will have a consumer beta launch um, sometime over the next yeah within Q one is what we're planning uh, we'll release better closer dates um, soon um, but we will I think it will be a lot easier for some of the very very interesting. Uh, apps and concepts that are out there to to start actually getting out into real users uh because because to be to be frank uh i mean there are there there are um gnosis for example is an extremely interesting and and exciting platform but gnosis is really hard to use for an end user and a developer may not necessarily even be the right target for something like gnosis you probably be be more interesting for people with trading experience and those kinds of, of things to 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 play with with gnosis and and really it's i think play is maybe the play was maybe the the word the verb for for 2016 
and um, 2017 uh, work, I think, will will be the verb in the Ethereum space. Uh, so do real stuff, not just play around with it. But I mean, we need we need non-developers onto the Ethereum network because us developers we don't necessarily always have the correct imagination to find the the right applications. And some of these applications, the correct applications, may be a lot simpler than say a developer thinks of. So so we'll see a lot of a lot of things happening. It's weird though. I was uh, I gave an interview for Real Vision, the the subscription online video platform. And one of the complaints was, explain what this means to the ordinary person. When are we going to get to use it? And it just had me thinking, man, that's like saying, when am I going to get to use a mainframe computer? You know, it's uh, it's it's such a, it's deep infrastructure. It's like saying, when do I get to have a road? Or when do I get to have some kind of strange, uh, strange and revolutionary piece of industrial equipment, right? It doesn't actually have any meaning for the individual. It's more what gets built using it. Yes, and that that and that that's absolutely true. Uh, you need you need real applications. But if you look if you look at um, say two thousand four, pre two thousand four, I mean ninety four, I should say pre ninety four, there were um, there was there was there was an internet and people were using it, but it was mainly researchers, developers, those kinds of people who were using it. Then Mosaic came. The web had been around for a while and Mosaic was the first people to kind of like make it user friendly. And at the same time that, that inspired people to create, uh, Yahoo. It inspired, uh, Hotwired with the first online version of Wired and all of those kinds of things. And just having those couple of different, um, uh, websites out there, they started really, you know, the whole community started building about uh, around it. And it was not just developers back those back those days. It was um, there were a lot of uh, non non technical people who all of a sudden started using using uh, the internet and using the web. And that's kind of what where I see Uport is doing. So Uport and hopefully. Uh, some some developers will come up with some really really useful and simple apps. I hope uh, that can really catch the consumer imagination, just like like uh, Mosaic and uh, Yahoo did. So in CoinDesk on CoinDesk, uh, they, there's an article 2016, the year of blockchain hubris, and the what well, I just brought it up because when you said that. 2016 was the year of play, was the year of experimentation and a year of learning. That seems like a much more constructive uh, way of putting it than uh, Krista Rose did. And I know you're a big fan of Krista Rose. Uh, <laughs> so, I thought I'd, um, so I thought I'd put you on the spot and go through um, some of the, the, the complaints he had about 2016 uh, which are basically everything except for just plain Bitcoin, mm. and uh, and see if you have uh, can can shed some light on them. And one of the, I mean, his number one was blockchains without tokens and uh, and non-token use cases for blockchains, which seems to fly directly in the face of what Uport is doing. Is the token necessary for a blockchain? What role does the token play on a blockchain? And what can we do without that token? Well, I mean, we need the for 
for you, Pork, for example, what we need the blockchain for is to go in and register information about about who you are. So there just needs to be this point that everyone can agree with. If you go in there and then check on, on say, my Uport address, that's the information that I've published. So to do that, you need this consensus layer, basically. And, and that, that is a very, very simple way of using Ethereum, but it's also very, very uh, important way of using Ethereum. And I, th- I think a lot of the more important ways of using Ethereum are going to be things that are, are fairly simple, uh, but important. So for example, what we're doing, in theory, we could do it with Bitcoin, but it would be very, very complicated. And it would be, we would have to write a lot of specific tooling around it. And it will be much harder for developers to use. And it will also not be clear because you couldn't just go into, say, blockchain info or some other block explorer and go in and and check, like, what's the registry for for my address or anything like that. You need specific tooling around it because block, Bitcoin was just not built for, for doing these other kinds of things that people are hacking onto. Um, so you need some kind of you need some kind of token like the Ethereum token uh, and, and I'll say I, I hate the word token but uh, you need some kind of currency or currency unit to help fund this consensus network with, that we call a blockchain and um, so I mean you, in theory you could do it without without a blockchain you could do it you could have uh, you know you could say uh, consensus operates the uport.me registry we run it on a server and then we don't need a token but then you there's nothing real different between us and say facebook or linkedin the token is fundamental for consensus but what we see is a lot of desire for private blockchains and people seem to be railing against them but personally, it seems like an elegant solution if you actually trust all of the operators of nodes. So wouldn't it be possible to run one of those registries with a permissioned blockchain? And you would have, in that case, also eventual consistency and, uh, and all of the, the benefits of the strong auditability of a cryptographic ledger and the programmability of Ethereum. So wouldn't that be a, uh, a solution that some could look at as well without a token? Yes, in theory, you could, you could do that. Uh, but like, like uh, I, I am not as negative about private blockchains like many people are. I actually think private blockchains, they have a, they have a, a pretty good application for, for certain kinds of, of applications, just like intranets were important part of, of getting the world onto the internet. Uh, in the beginning, many, many young people will not remember this, but uh, if you're at work, then you connected to the intranet. And then there were these things called firewalls that connected out onto the internet, but they're all based on the same technology. And I think private blockchains without tokens, they have absolutely have a space for internal experimentation or with businesses working with each other in, 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 in what people like to call consortium uh, chains. I think there's absolutely a, a place for those kinds of things. In the, in the long run, just like, um, I mean, internet still exists, right? Uh, but most people don't even think of them as 
something separate than the internet. It's just a protected part of the internet. And I think that's pretty much what we'll see once people learn um, more about what you can actually do within an enterprise. Um, they'll, you, you, will, you will start seeing that it actually makes more sense to have things out publicly. Uh, it'll take a while. People have to remember we're very, very early days in this space. So, you know, people have to make their own experiments. They have to, um, um, they have to, have to make their own experiments. They have to learn their own lessons. And then just because some, because a bank or government, they want to run a private blockchain, um, doesn't take anything away from anyone doing something, anything on the public blockchain. But for the public blockchain, I do think that we do need tokens. What about the DAO concept? So he he's got a bunch of things here. Some of them are uh, some of them are on the money. Some of them are a bit obvious. Um, so what's your co- your take on the concept of a DAO? And is that something we will see uh, turn into a f- useful construct in the near future, or is this one of those things that? We thought we could do, but actually we're going to have to wait a decade before the uh, before the techniques and uh, and security required and the learnings have occurred for us to uh, for us to build this in a safe and robust fashion. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, the the concept of a DAO is is an interesting concept, but I also think it's it's slightly mistaken. It's kind of like uh, you know. You're taking this concept of an organization, and an organization is basically a grouping of people working together. But then at the same time, you're making it autonomous, and you're making it decentralized. Now, the autonomous and the grouping of people acting together, I think they kind of like um, that. Those two concepts are kind of opposite in some respects. So I, I don't think. The DAO concept itself is actually what's going to be important. It, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, um, um, you know, when the planes, well, I mean, when uh, when cars came and, uh, you know, thinking about like modeling the first cars based on, on horse carriages and those kinds of things. So there, there will be an autonomous um Systems and, and Ethereum and Bitcoin are, for example, good examples of actual autonomous systems. There's no voting. I think the whole concept of voting for for DAO is 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 pointless. It's ridiculous. So the whole idea, this whole focus, has been on proposals and on voting and all of those kinds of things. Is uh, that's that can never be autonomous because um, it's specifically depending on people going in and doing some kind of action thereby removing the autonomous part of it. Ethereum is autonomous. There's no external control of it. It just works. It just does its thing. So we'll see more things like that. Uh, there'll be smart contracts that will be uh, autonomous, uh, but they won't attempt to look like a like a weird freak version of a uh, Delaware Corp. It'll just be a piece of code <laughs> doing something or other, and that's an autonomous piece of code doing something rather it doesn't have to be an organization so i think that whole concept is is uh is ridiculous and then if if people actually want to do uh to create uh online organizations i think that's a very interesting kind of thing but it's not autonomous 
And then you also, for those, you have to think, is the right thing that we do before we have a product going to go out and do a, a token launch? I, I don't think it necessarily is the right way of doing things. So, so I think maybe it's better to think of smaller, small, create smaller kinds of, of, um, decentralized blockchain based or, uh, organizations and, uh, just keep, just have bring tooling up to allow people to interact and just and and do those kinds of things over the blockchain. Uh, this is an area that I've been interested in for for a long time. My, my first my first project in the space back in ninety eight, I think we started what it was called Corpflow, which was basically something to do that. Um, and I'm not hundred percent sure that's the right approach nowadays either. But um, there's there's a great company in Singapore called Autonomous that will create, let you create a Singapore, Hong Kong or UK company that's backed by, by Ethereum as a way to create consensus and voting within this particular company. So this, this stuff is already available. Um, It's funny you mention Autonomous because, and I'm only 80% on this because I haven't, uh, I haven't followed them up in a while, but I'm 98% sure that when they launched, they were using, uh, they were using Counterparty, the platform that Chris DeRose and, uh, and that whole gang actually built at the end of, uh, the start of 2014 and, um, and then shifted over to, to Ethereum after the fact. And, uh, which is, uh, just a bit of uh, narrative symmetry there. The, uh, the final question I have for you is, and this is, uh, and this is, well, we're getting, we're getting right into the weeds, but it's because it's been so long, you know, it's been so long since we've really had some good, uh, <laughs> you know, some, some good theoretical dialogue. When we think of a, dis- a you know, a DAO, whatever we're gonna, how, however we're going to, uh, going to fill in that uh, those letters, that that acronym, do you think that rather than voting, which is obviously not an autonomous, uh, an autonomous action, right? Voting requires this, uh, this, this oracle of, uh, this, or this, uh, this external input that requires human agency to, to enact. Rather than that, do you feel that it requires, uh, economically incentivized actions that take place on an ongoing basis, like mining or like, uh, like staking, like like validation for profit, uh, using a uh, in the case of a proof of stake uh, public blockchain or uh, or mining in a proof of work blockchain. Do you feel that those are true DAOs, and that the the style that we see people attempting to build today is in fact something slightly different that doesn't fit that uh, that nomenclature. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we will. I hope we will have much less focus on voting um, over the over the over the next year, uh, and I think there will be a, a lot more of of actual autonomous uh, kinds of systems out there. Uh, in some respects, you can you can look at the Gnosis contracts as being fairly fairly autonomous, uh, or maybe not. I'd have to think about that one a little bit, um, but but there are things like BTC Re- Relay, for example. BTC Relay is a program; it does one thing. 
And that's what it does. There's no need for voting or anything like that. It's just, it's just a thing. And I think that's, that's what we, what we will see a lot more of. A lot, there's a lot less focus on, on trying to create, uh, create these crypto Delaware kind of things and actually create real small kinds of things. And, and part of those thing, these particular things, functions, autonomous contracts, could be that there might be tokens as part of them, but they would have to be integrated somehow into the use of them. So they, they would actually be specifically useful. Um, such as, and that, that's a good example. Gnosis is a place where, where there are many different kinds of tokens within Gnosis, but uh, as far as I understand, they are all really specific to the usage of the application of, of the individual markets. Uh, I hope we'll see more token kind of things that's based on real life and not based on on uh, on, on, on wanting to be uh, crypto Delaware or or crypto uh, crypto Silicon Valley. Okay, well, thank you very much. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure speaking, Pele, and uh, hopefully I'll see. Well, we're both. You're right on the equator, aren't you? You're actually in the northern hemisphere, unfortunately. I think. Yes, I am. But they do call it uh, summer here because we it is not rainy season, but it is it's sunny, windy season right now here. So, but we call it summer, even though we're in the northern hemisphere. Well, I'm supposed to be in the sunniest place in New Zealand, and it's bucketing down, uh, and it's <laughs> windy as anything. So, I mean, what can you do, really? But yeah, no, it's been a pleasure talking, and hopefully, I'll uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll get to see you up in the uh, in the summery northern hemisphere before too long. Yeah, I hope so. Great. All right, thanks, Arthur. Take it easy, Pele. Take care. Thanks for listening to State Change. Check out consensusmedia.net for more.